Hey folks, welcome to Pro Football Ireland as we get set for a huge divisional weekend in the NFL. Uh, Pro Football Ireland, Ireland's biggest and best NFL and American football generally outlet. Presented by 888 Sports, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK. Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes on your penultimate Pro Football Ireland uh, weekly preview for the 2023 NFL season. Uh, we've got one next week and then we are going to Viva Las Vegas. Before we get these lads in, an 8th night tour starts next Friday night. Uh, Pro Football Ireland, the road to Las Vegas, Ireland's biggest and only ever American football roadshow. Galway, Cork, Limerick, Dundalk, Belfast, Derry, Dublin, Dungannon, with some unreal guests, more of which we'll talk about in a few moments. Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes, as I said. Mark, tell me good morning. Yeah, I just finally heard the pun. It started this season in the Aviva and it ends in Viva Las Vegas. How didn't we think to capitalize on that throughout the year, you know? We really should have recorded the video at the Aviva. But sure, look, if we stop off before the airport, we will try and do that. Yeah, look, obviously, Mark, um, really exciting few weeks ahead. Uh, our PFI buddy, Skettle's coming to Galway. We've Jeff has taken a 17 flights to get to Ireland. Uh, and it's it's going to be a great crack before we even set foot in the plane. And I, I'm saying the, you know, the excitement is at fever pitch now. And obviously, it's... It's testament to, to what we can see growing on this island, both north and south, and we'll talk about that in a second. It's a really, really fun time, isn't it? Yeah, big time. I suppose the news is out now from TalkSport. Uh, you mentioned Jeff. Jeff will be doing TalkSport from Vegas, and he'll be alongside Wills as well. I'm excited to spend the week with you boys. It'll be mad again. It's just the wildest thing in the world that, like, in two weeks' time, we're packing the bags and we're off the like it's insane. Um, I know that there's been a few people who said it to me being like, "You boys are living the life." It doesn't feel real to be thinking that it's all happening, but yeah, it's like this has been my favorite season. I've said it every single week. It's cliche at this point how much fun it's been and the wall card weekend absolutely delivered. It's kind of crazy how much it did so, and it's kind of we're going to talk about the games a little bit later on, but like as a result of there being upsets. This is supposed to be the best week in football, yet there's some 10-point favourites, the Packers and the Texans. I don't see those games going that way at all, especially after the year that we've just had. So, yeah, it's nuts that we're going into the best weekend, like I said, of football this year, and uh, it'll quickly be wrapping up after that. Jason, I head down to Cork for only the second time in my life next Saturday with Jeff. Uh, we literally just announced the other day Tommy O'Donnell, former Munster rugby player and Ireland player, is going to be there on the night. And you're going to be there as well, Jason, more importantly, linktr.ee slash NFL Ireland. But I'm driving. I can't drink Bemis. Do you reckon Jeff will like the Bemis or tell him to stay off it? I will get him to try some anyway. Um, yeah, look, delighted to hear that the, the the gig sold out when they heard I was coming. So that's, <laughs> um, you know, just, just put my name on stuff and you're going to have a, a good response. Tommy O'Donnell too. He only jumped on board when he heard Jason Hayes was there. Yeah, look, it's going to be a great weekend. Can't wait to to meet you all down in Cork, in my homeland, and definitely share a few Beamish and talk football with a county that has a big passion for the game, definitely. Looking forward to it. Uh, talking about a county having a big passion for the game, it seems at the minute, like the island of Ireland has got a passion for the NFL. And um, I want to give a shout out, just as we announce this news, to, to Tig later. I know Mark Jason, you know who Tig is, but a lot of people listening to this podcast know who he is. Uh, he's been very good to us over the last, I guess, 18 months. And 
Do you know if you'd said to me that he would have led an Irish cohort into the NFL offices this week to announce the fact that there's um, four Irish lads joining the International Pathway Programme, International Player Pathway Programme for the first time ever, um, I would have laughed at you. Not in a bad way, I just didn't think the NFL on a personal level would ever have looked at kickers or punters. I thought they were always interested in defensive players and that's that's not a negative point. I just, I guess at that point in my in, in our career or my career or whatever, I just thought, God, how is Ireland going to get to this point? And they have because this week uh, on Thursday, they announced four players into the IPP for the NFL. Um, in terms of the Irishman, Mark Jackson, who is going to try as a kicker. He is Wicklow's goalkeeper. Uh, putting different points. If you're a gahead here, Oshie McConville, you might have heard of him, is his coach at Wicklow. Charlie Smith from Mayo Bridge, Nuri, um, he's the down goalkeeper, went to St. Mary's. Uh, youngest GEA player to reach 100 points. That's not. That's Mark Jackson. And I'm not editing this. I'm going to move on. Fair play to both these lads. Um, Dara Leader, was, who is Tyg's brother, he's going to try out primarily as a punter. And Rory Began. You may have heard of him. If you haven't heard of Rory Began, you probably haven't watched Guy. He's probably top two, top three goalkeepers in Ireland. That's the highest profile name. Mark, um, we all enjoy the Guy. Plus us lads in this podcast, and that includes football and hurling. Well, I can't speak for you, for Kildare, for hurling, but I, I certainly enjoy it. Um, I Look, I'll address this straight up, and I'll say it at the live shows, because a number of these lads are coming to the live shows. This is a huge moment for the game in Ireland, but more so, Mark, for anyone listening to this podcast that maybe has, has not watched or listened to the GEA before, it doesn't matter if you're north or south, you just, maybe you're not interested in it or you weren't aware of it. These are lads that are training to a semi-pro or pro level that are playing at the highest form of their sport in Gaelic football. And they now have an opportunity to go to the NFL. And in the year mark where the NFL has got a new rule where a team is allowed to have one international player and there's 32 teams in the NFL. There's more than, you know, there's there's a, more than enough space going by that list I've just read out. This seems like a massive watershed moment for the game in Ireland and obviously congrats to Tyg and Leader Kicking for everything he's done for us and for the NFL for the support this week. Yeah, I'm aware that they, look, we're coming to day late on this podcast because we had to hold it so that the news was out. But I'm very aware that our listeners now, we've probably got an influx of listeners that want to know what the hell is going on. And it is, for them, they're coming from the GA side. They know everything that you've just listed out there. So coming into what this means for the NFL, I was lucky enough to do the interviews with the boys. I can tell you, Rory Began's gone. Whether he'll play for Monaghan again, I'm sure he will because he just saw what Stephen Cluxton did and came back this year. But why is Rory Began gone? It's just because of the point that Michael just made, that the teams have these extra roster spots. So they're going to carry a guy, especially all he has to do is kick well at the combine and show the massive distance and accuracy that he has. And it's worth their while to say, yeah, we'll take a punt on this guy and keep him on the roster. Because you can see in the NFL, when a kicker goes down, you cannot carry a backup on your roster. Like, it doesn't happen like that. So if there's a way for teams to stash a kicker there, they're going to do it. So these players are protected, I believe, on the uh, practice squad. So it's not like another team can come along and post them. So they're, of course, going to do it. And when we're, we're talking about there's four guys from Ireland going over and focus on kicking. If it was a different role on the field, like your linebackers and stuff like that, that's where it might become a bit more tricky that certainly that separates you and you will be able to hang on to maybe just that practice squad spot. 
but it only takes like these Irish guys will more than likely get a chance to hold that roster spot that allows them to essentially train with the team. But then if the kicker from the team goes down, they'll know Rory Began very well and they might just give him a chance. So it does rely on an injury happening during the year. But we saw Dan Whedon obviously is massive now because we know he plays with the Packers and he's completed his first regular season and obviously now a playoff game as a punter. He bounced around the year before in the NFL. So a lot of the time, those guys that have to go through the traditional route are forgotten about before they get their opportunity, whereas the Irish guys just get to hang around with those teams. And that's why I say so confidently that Rory Began is going because I think he's just such a fantastic kicker and he said to me, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to the interviews, all the boys were fantastic and extremely open. And the last question I asked Rory Began, I said, what is minimal, the minimum success you want from this? I says, I don't just want to hold that, that training spot place. I want to be one of the top 32 kickers in the world. I'm doing this to be on the field. From Scott's time to potentially... I was going to say Sacramento, but they don't have an NFL team. It's class. It's really weird. And Mark, I think done a good job chatting to him, like a really, really good job. And I think Roy's interview was class. I'm biased. I just think it's class. There's two Northern lads doing this, like Ulster lads, like it's class crack. But obviously, Mushtara and Mark, the very, very best as well. Um, I don't think this is going to change. So we can say this now before I get Jason in. Um, Charlie is coming to Jeff's show in Dundalk because he's from Newry. And we've also got Dara coming with Ty to Galway. Um, and Roy Beggins coming to Dungannon, 1.2 miles from my gaff. It's almost sold out. It's nuts. It's I, I do we make like Jason Dwight, do I get the wife to cook Jeff dinner? I mean, what what's the plan here? Like, what do you reckon? I'm not sure what the Hawaiian palace desires, but maybe you can uh... Hawaiian, Hawaiian. <laughs> oh, hold on, what you're calling my house, the Hawaiian palace. Here, you're you're obviously down in Cork. I guess the closest guy to use Mark Jackson. Um have you been able to catch much of that? Because they look to, to be honest with you, I've only seen recent tape of Jackson because of where his county's at in the National League and sort of the status of their county's football. He's still a hell of a player. And we, these guys have beaten out guys like Nalan Morgan's, Jason. Like these guys are really at the top of the, the cream of the crop. And look, I live two and a half miles, three miles from where Nal Morgan's from, which Nal the very, very best. And then I'm glad that he's not in this as well because it would have been unreal, would have been even better. Um, but Jason, it just seems like a, a a real watershed moment for, I guess, NFL fans here and GEA fans, but mm. Irish sport fans. Like you see Dara leader as well. I have no doubt that we'll see uh, over the years now, hopefully even more rugby players coming in. So it's really cool to see, man, isn't it? That is cool. Yeah, it's it's just another another sign. There's many signs at the moment, but it's another sign that the sport is growing so much in this part of the world. Um, you're seeing players who've had a lot of success in their own careers deciding to take the gamble and, and look put it all on the line and go stateside to follow this dream and you know a big big part of um, big knock on effect of that I can see you, you know you mentioned Rory there one of the top two three goalkeepers in the country um, they'll have a lot of fans a lot of young GA fans who watch these guys see them taking a plunge, going to a sport like the NFL, and naturally they're going to wonder what it's about. And I think it's only a good thing for um, the game of American football in that regard, that it's going to get more eyeballs on it, even if purely from the, the awareness they're gaining from seeing sports stars they know 
go over. Um, the other day as well, Lewis Reeves Amit, Welsh rugby player, uh, international, the the winger, very successful. He's twenty two years old. He's scoring tries in the World Cup a few months ago. Um, made a Lions squad, and even the likes of him has decided to to enter this program as well. Um, you know, it's just it's massive, and I feel like this is the first wave of many more to follow them in years to come. It's only going to get more popular, so it's it's just a great way to get fans of other sports watching the NFL in these countries, and I guarantee you the NFL is rubbing their hands together watching these moves, um, where you might have some heads of other sports maybe not so pleased, but um, it's all happy on this side anyway. I have to piggyback on that because I think the Welsh lad that's gone over kind of got like the cynical side of me thinking the NFL is I'm sure aware of the marketing of all this that they're exposing themselves he has that Welsh lad has 250,000 Instagram followers like he is not an unknown guy the waves that that sent my sister texts me she's a rugby fan now but she texts me but like have you seen this what's what's going on here what will he do so it's like there is an element of that that the NFL are absolute geniuses and they're getting into these markets through this now because people will be following your Rory Beggins. Separate to that, when you're mentioning, Jason, the impact and the knock-on to this that'll have, Charlie Smith is an NFL fan. He supports the Packers. I talked to him, I asked him, do you ever pay particular attention to the kicking game and what that could mean for him? And he said, yeah, I did. Like, as a guy that was lined up over the ball to kick it out an awful lot of the time, I wanted and wondered why they were and how they were getting it so good. So, there is all already that aspect for some of the smarter guys to get tuned in and be like, how can they do it differently? And all these guys said on the call, even within six months of training to be punters and kickers or whatever the regime or the routine type has them doing, that they have all learned a lot already. So worst case scenario, say, well, maybe this is also a fantastic scenario to happen. But if maybe they go off for two, potentially three years, Roy Began could come back with a 70-yard kick-out and change Gaelic football. So the two leagues are going to benefit here, both NFL and GAA. Like, I'm sure it is a sad day for the GAA seeing, and I, as we record this, we don't know the fallout, but there will be a lot of begrudgers, I'm sure, saying that we're losing one of our biggest stars to a professional game. You can't begrudge them. Worst case scenario, if he latches on to a team and that practice spot is about 80,000, it could go up to 10 times that if he actually ends up being a kicker, you know, actually regular kicking for a team. So it is massive, but I think that maybe it will be an eye-opener for the GAA that there's ways to improve our game, especially as we see the mark now of kickouts and stuff like that. That mark could be at the opponent's 45, so that's a long way down the line, but there is learnings to be taken from both sides here. More on that uh, as we get it. I know the guys are going to the Combine. I'm still persuading somebody from Pro Football Ireland to go to the Combine. I'm not allowed to go for obvious reasons. Being a Vegas tour, I'm joking. My wife's very supportive. I'm not going to the Combine. But this is a public call to Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes, Dar, <laughs> And a sponsor to come on board. <laughs> no, here. I'll pay for it. If you do want to listen, uh, Mark, I like I spoke to Mark briefly, and then we Mark obviously spoke to to Rory Began to Mark Jackson, the Dar leader, and uh, 
to Charlie Smith. It's on our podcast format now, L-I-N-K-T-R. Excellent. It's genuinely. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, it's literally there right now. Genuinely. Listening, like talking to the lads, I was kind of thinking, oh, well, the likes of Rory Began, listening to the GAA guys an awful lot of the time, they know how not to talk. So they were excellent. They really, I, I don't know, have the NFL told them that maybe having a personality is going to help them latch on with the team. I don't know what it is, but they were genuinely some of the best interviews I've ever done because they're so open, they're so passionate, and it's just a fascinating topic. All righty. We've got 23 minutes to preview all these games, boys. It, it's a big weekend. We don't usually do like in-depth game, game previews, but the reality is... Um, this is pretty much it. The NFL season has got uh, four games left in it. Is that true? That's not true. It's not true. There's six games left in this in this NFL season. <laughs> Panic in there for a second. We've got some really, really good matchups this weekend. Seven even. Yeah, it, you're giving you a bit, bit of a you know, semi-heart attack there. All starts off uh, Saturday night with the Ravens-Texans. Early Sunday morning with the Niners against the Packers. Um, and then Sunday gets the Lions and the Bucks and... Here it is for maybe. When you actually say that though, that's insane. That's an early slate of games. Like when we have a sixteen game weekend, those seven games normally are back, and we're gonna have them over the space in the next three weeks. And that's you it. Put it like that, I'm worried. I'm worried this, about the dark the league Mark, months of February, March like onwards. The last big weekend. It is because that's why they call a... it. That's why they call it the best week of football, and that's what I'm saying. Like oh. it's stunning to see that. Two of these games, what is it, nine point favorites and that when there's no fluky teams, like you have to have done something along the way. You have to have beaten someone along the way to have gotten here. It is very interesting that it looked like we were gonna get a lot of wildcard teams through to the next round, but the majority, it's only the Packers are the only actual wildcard team. So when they say, Oh, what's the point of having a seventh seed? Well, it's only the seventh seed that was able to get out of the um wildcard weekend intact this year so put that in your pipe next time that you say that the playoffs are too expanded um, and we're super lucky that it was the Packers because I think that sets up for a great game but we'll get to that when we get to that Talking about expanding playoffs uh, they released actually the last couple of days the ES Sports College Football game is coming out on the 12th of July, it's the best 12th of July ever lads, bring it on uh, <laughs> On that playoff schedule this weekend, um let, let's talk about this Ravens-Titans game first. Ravens-Texans game. Sorry, Mike Vrabel. RIP. He's still somewhere. I feel bad for Mike Vrabel at the minute. Ravens-Texans is the early game on Saturday night. The game is in Baltimore. My man, my friend, who emailed me yesterday morning saying, at least, Michael, you don't have to be a part-time Steelers fan anymore. Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips. He's going to court next week, Jason. Uh, says he's going to Baltimore this weekend. And Mark, one of the most interesting points for me is I feel like we're on a collision course uh, for a repeat of the Super Bowl many moons ago between the Ravens and the Niners. I don't think the next... Uh, I don't want to be bored. I don't think the next two weeks matter. So I'm going to put right, that out right. let me in. I hope, let me in. God, me in. I hope I'm wrong. But um, Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Huh? Let me in. I'm, I'm, picking Rave, uh, I'm picking Texans in this game. No, you're not. No, hold on. Hold picking on. Texans. Hold on. Mark, Mark Andrews. Uh, went out in week 11 with what when he thought at the time like a real season end of injury there is a chance he plays in the playoffs i'm prudent if you have a guy like isaiah likely that's been i think eighth in the position in receiving yards second in receiving touchdowns since andrews went down i think you roll with isaiah likely unless something really really bad happens in this game you you give mark andrews another week this ravens team mark 
along with the Niners have not played a proper game now in coming on two weeks. I think that's going to be the most interesting factor. You see a Texans team that CJ Stroud that rolled over the Cleveland Browns in the second half last week. How will their energy affect this game? That's the biggest question mark for me. Um, I'll take the Ravens by 14. I think they'll stomp them. I love CJ Stroud. Who have you got in this game? Yeah, I just... I can absolutely see it being a 14-point game. I absolutely can see it. But I was listening to Coles players talking about CJ Stroud and it's like the second coming of Patrick Mahomes reviewing their own loss in week 18. And I suppose, for me, maybe it's just I'm caught in the same whirlwind that I'm sure all the Texans players are, that they're like, we have the guy. But there's so many levels to it. I do think that defense, and I'll get into it in a second, I don't know how many bites the apple I'm going to need here to get through all the different points that have been bursting in my head. But I do have to say that, like you said, we haven't seen the Ravens at full go. Obviously, they had the boy and then they were able to take a week off. So last time we saw them, 56-19 against Miami. The week before that, 33-19 against San Francisco. Obviously, they were seen as legitimate teams, especially the San Francisco 49ers. But what did those games have in common? A couple of interceptions by both the quarterbacks. Brock Purdy and Tua were some of the not easier ones to pick off. Well, Tua might have been. CJ Stroud is doing an insane job protecting the ball. He's had five turnovers all season. We're saying that there was four against those two quarterbacks. He is he knows where to throw the ball and how to do it. He's just coming off a performance against the Cleveland Browns, the number one pass defense in the NFL, and he put up 100 extra yards, and they typically gave away in the game this entire up to this point. You can tell me that they came off chunk plays, but like even off those chunk plays and particularly the touchdowns that were scored, it's like Dalton Schultz got a 37-yard touchdown that was a 37-yard through the air, probably 50 air yards, and it was on a dime into the end zone. And before that, you had Brevin Jordan, the tight end, and a beautiful play call, fake a block. Then the pass rush comes on to CJ Stroud, just dinks it over the top. And yeah, from there, Jordan did do a lot of work himself to get into the end zone for what was it, 76 yards. But I'm like, the play calls are excellent. CJ Stroud is excellent. Like, it's it's on all cylinders and they're operating out of chemistry now after those big wins over the Colts and against the Browns. I can come back and talk about the defense and why I think that that will be diff more difficult for um, the Ravens when um, Lamar is facing that. But I do think that they have an offense that's just clicking at the moment in a way that like the best quarterbacks in the playoffs the last few years have been doing. Jason, what's your thoughts on this game, man? Look, yeah, you say it. Um, Stroud reminds you of Mahomes and, you know, it's a big statement. And I, I'm going to agree with that. You know, some of the things he's doing this rookie season, I think that's the only comparison is Mahomes when he um, had his first year as a starter. Um, but that Mahomes first season ended with a very good performance uh, but Tom Brady happened to be on the other side and the Patriots beat them in the championship game I can see a similar story happening in this game um, I absolutely love what Stroud is doing on that side of the ball he's been absolutely ridiculous this season it's a shame he missed a few games because he probably would have broken a lot of uh, records otherwise but um he just has a you know an old head on young shoulders um in terms of running an offense never looks too much for him a lot of what i'm going to say about stroud is similar to what i'm going to say about jordan love when we get to that game in a while um but the two two young quarterbacks are just 
um, playing some brilliant football this year. Don't think we should overlook the defense that D'Amico Ryans has built on the other side of the ball as well because they've really come along uh, as the season has progressed. It seems a long time ago, but Ravens actually played the Texans this season in week one where the Ravens won 25-9 to that game. Um, and the, how far that Texans defense has come since those early weeks um, is really uh, the story and what's probably going to get D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year this season. They're pressuring the quarterback. Will Anderson, their rookie uh, first rounder, has had a great season. Even the likes of you know players that we aren't as familiar with, like Christian Harrison or uh, Christian Harris last week, um, second year linebacker, he had eight tackles, a sack, and of course one of the two pick sixes against Joe Flacco. The Texans team is going to come out swinging, but um, I think we can overlook how dominant Ravens have been all year, and I do think they are just too tough a task at this stage in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson really has a point to prove as well. Um, he's just one in three in the playoffs in his career and his stats leave a lot to be desired there. Three touchdowns in those four games, five interceptions. The last game he played was a 17-3 loss to the Bills in 2021. Some people might look at that um, at playoff history as a negative against the Ravens. But um, Jackson, with the whole contract thing in the offseason, which again feels like so long ago, He's been playing with a whole new level of intensity this year and a whole new level of purpose. I think that carries through to the playoffs uh, and I think the Ravens get this done against Houston. Let's look at this Niners-Packers game. Um, the biggest takeaway for me, Mark, obviously the most obvious thing to talk about is Jordan Love and his performance in elite company with that with uh, Peyton Manning and Terry Bradshaw, I think, in terms of perfect passer ratings in a postseason debut for a rookie. Um, he looked like he'd been playing the game 10 years at the weekend against Dallas. But obviously there were so many different points. Jeff said in his podcast that he felt that Dallas were not coached effectively against the Packers and that the Packers might struggle against the Niners. The reality is they're going up against a phenom in the Niners and the team that is going to be chomping at the bit to put a marker down on the NFC, especially now with Philadelphia out. It's really hard to see a path for me on how Green Bay can win this game apart from them scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring. And I think we're either going to get a very, very close game or we're going to get a complete wipeout. And I hope, I just literally, you know, predicted that Saturday is going to see two wipeouts. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I'll, look, I'll take the Niners to win this game. Can you see an upset happening? Is this the one where, this is the one game where you say, imagine the Niners went out. Because you imagine the number one. The one seed. game. The one game. I just said I'm picking the Texans. Stop putting me under two. You're not picking the Texans. are going to win against Baltimore. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But both of them are nine and a half point games. Like you said, look, San Francisco is going to put up points. It's just can Green Bay keep pace? I didn't hear Jeff. I would agree though that like, I don't know how much we can take from what we just saw against the Dallas game because it was like, Dallas forgot how to use, obviously, C.D. Lamb. We don't expect to see that again. What was it? He had two yards for 18, two catches for 18 yards to the whole first half. It's like, yeah, he got some garbage time, second second half uh, yards or whatever. But there was obviously signs from Green Bay of what they can do. Um, they did notify what had been a beast of a pass rush from Dallas. We're obviously going to see arrested now. Um Young and Bosa, so that offensive line, which was supposed to be inexperienced, uh, to go up and do that against Dallas, they're going to have a bit more uh, confidence, obviously, going into the game. But I suppose 
there's when you look at the offense as a whole, then you're not going to see that performance from Jordan Love. At least it would be a miracle if he has an, a near perfect passer rating. He had five receivers take in all of their targets for a catch there. Like that's insane. Like, especially for that Dallas or sorry, that Packers offense, they weren't used to seeing that all year. I would love to see a bit more Christian Watson now again, I suppose though we, we never trust him. Like when he has a big day is a big day, but uh, it's a run game. Uh, they were able to obviously get it going with Aaron Jones. He had as many carries as Jordan Love had um, attempts against uh, Dallas. So can they keep running the ball? Because even when it looked like, and Aaron Jones was asked about this himself, he said, yeah, I'm glad we stayed with the run after I didn't get off to the best of starts. And you're going to have to notify the pass rush from San Francisco with that. And then it's, I guess, a bit like, and Jason, I know you said you want to allude to this. So I'll, I'll give you it now, but it's like, it is up to Jordan Love then. He is absolutely breaking out and it's insane to see guys doing that in the playoffs. But I mean, what better time to be doing it? Um, I think the there's probably no happier team in the league right now uh, than the, the 49ers. The whole run into the playoffs, we would have looked at the Cowboys and the Eagles as being their two biggest threats in the NFC to make in the Super Bowl. Yes, here we are in the divisional round and the 49ers are sitting there looking around um, at three very beatable teams in their eyes. No disrespect to any of them because they, they, they're capable of beating anyone at any time. But the 49ers, um, based on what we've seen all season, I do think are a step above these teams. I've been overreacting all season long where there's, you know, a team is a, a massive performance and all of a sudden we think they're going to the Super Bowl. So I'm trying to temper my expectations here um, and acknowledge the fact that Jordan Love was so strong in that game uh, against the Cowboys. But the Packers, you know, things just went so smoothly there. Smoother than 49ers will ever allow a game to go. Um, Their efficiency in the red zone and third down was through the charts. As you said, Mark, Dallas pass pass rush never got home all game. They'd Cowboys actually had no sacks in that game for the first time all season. Um, their run game was strong. Aaron Jones has now had four 100-yard games in a row. But the 49ers' rush defense is very strong. Third best in the league in terms of opponent rush yards per game. So that's not going to be easy. I think last week was just a perfect week um, for the Packers. Even on defense, you know, Joe Barry, the Defensive coordinator called a very good game in that first half, and that's a name that Packers fans had no faith in going into the game. Jair Alexander as well, um, with, a, with a great interception to set up one of those touchdowns. I don't see the game going that smoothly for the Packers this week. I think the 49ers will come out well-rested, hit them hard right from the beginning, probably get out to a lead, and then um, when the Packers have just had a pretty insane few weeks just to get to this point, I think the cracks might begin to show um, and the stronger team is just going to uh, put them away. I could actually see this being a pretty pretty, pretty big margin, to be honest. I, I could see 10 plus points, 49ers win. So two of us, well, I, I, like I might just take Saturday off, go out dinner with a wife. I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, I love the Saturday games. I love them. Because, yeah, like you said, the Packers could go any way. But uh, when I saw the lineup look obviously that Chiefs Bills game is massive 
when I saw it, I was like, this is two Saturdays in a row that I got my games. Maybe I'm being selfish, but yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that you say that, Michael. I'm just glass half full sort of man. I live in the north. You know half I mean? full, that's half empty. <laughs> glass half empty. I live in the north. It's been it's been a it's been a long week of strikes and bad weather. And, uh, yeah. Glass half empty. Talking about glass half empty. Uh do you know who I hate? I hate people that don't see somebody's full potential. And we've seen straight up on Monday Night Football what it's like when someone has been shot down for two or three years in the Michaela Bowl between the Buccaneers and the Eagles when Baker Mayfield came out and flew three touchdowns and looked like what he was like three or four years ago before he was drafted with the Cleveland Browns. Um, awesome. Just awesome. And Mark, to see the Bucs go from um, having Tom Brady quite you know, struggle in last year's playoffs, get blown out by a team that were blown out themselves this year, only a few days ago with Baker Mayfield, to see how efficient they are on the offense and beat the Philadelphia Eagles for all the issues that the Eagles are having on their roster. Now going into Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions is absolutely incredible. Just such a storyline because the fact that either Baker Mayfield or Dan Campbell in the Lions is going to be in the NFC Championship game 60 minutes away from the Super Bowl is class. Uh, the reality is, again, I don't see an upset in this game either. I think the Lions offense will go out. Jargoff will go out with, uh, I guess, somewhat of a sort of chip on his shoulder going by some analysts over the last couple of weeks. I was really impressed with how the Rams got over the line against, sorry, I was really impressed with how the Lions got, got over the line against the Rams. I really enjoyed watching that game. I stayed up every game this weekend and watched um, the action. The like performance from Amon Ra against against the Rams like the Rams have some incredible talents on both sides of the ball, but Amon Ra for the Lions against the Rams was unreal. His separation, his speed was so, so good. The funny thing was, he didn't really get much of a running game on against uh, the Rams at all. So I'd be interested to see how the Lions go up against Tampa Bay against that defense and try and get some yardage on the ground on the day with uh, Jamar Gibbs or David Montgomery. Um, but I think I think the atmosphere in Detroit will be too much for the Bucs. And I think the atmosphere in Detroit, the pressure now on Detroit to make history and go to potentially, potentially, you know, we will see who to play if they win in the NFC Championship. And it's most likely going to be the final game of the year in Ford Field. Um, certainly, I've got Detroit being 60 minutes from Super Bowl. I don't think it'll be close. I think they'll go 14, 21, 7 up at some point and just pull away. And I'm being very boring this week, aren't I, with these picks? I just don't see how the Bucks win this game. I'm sorry. Yeah, I hope there's an upset, but I suppose we did get such a cracking wildcard round. But I will say, because you're saying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and um, where they've come from, but it is insane to think to think that in 2020, when they won the Super Bowl, the Lions were coming off in a 5-11 year, and that's when they fired um, Patricia and they brought in Dan Campbell. And what a whirlwind the last three years have been. 3-13-1 the fa- first year after that infamous press conference about the biting off the kneecaps and stuff that's getting massive play at the moment because he has then in year two, obviously last year, they just miss out in the playoffs, but you see such potential. And then year three to deliver on that attitude and the swagger that he promised three years ago. Like it's insane and it's crazy team building. I mean, like along the way they were picking, say that first draft that they had, they obviously missed out on Jamar Chase and they went for Penny Sewell, who's now their right tackle. That O-line has stayed much the same the whole time because they had invested in it 
in the, say the 2016, the 2018, the 2019 draft early. And they've just been like, they haven't had the revolving door at offensive line that you see an awful lot of teams have to go through. And um, they got their, um, obviously they're stood in Aiden Hutchinson. They got their wide receiver in Jamal Williams. We saw Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell this year. It's just a lesson. And you're talking about Jaram and Robert St. Brez that were there before. And we know they got Brian Branch and that. It's like, it's a lesson in how to build a team because they did the three-step plan. You know, when you say, oh, the head coach is three years to get to where they are. I mean, it's something that we'll probably talk about more now next week. But like, because I do think like you, Michael, that they'll be there. When you look back, these teams played only a handful of weeks ago. Um, or, well, sorry, it was way, it was what started the season really. But they were without Jamar Gibbs or out without Brian Branch, Jonah Jackson, David Montgomery got injured that game. Uh, you had Jameson Williams was just coming back from the suspension. They still won it handy 20 to 6. So even if there has been improvements from Tampa Bay, there's certainly been improvements from Detroit. That this is probably the game this week that I I think Detroit should steamroll them really. Jason, what would it take to see this week uh, for you to say anything the Lions will win the Super Bowl? What sort of performance would it take? Good question. Yeah, I think it's um, you know, they'll want to be. They don't want this to come down to the wire like the Rams game, and um, that will have taken a lot out of them. Even if, even just emotionally, um, fun to hear Mark talking about the the past three years there and the build up to these moments. Um, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes had a nice exchange in the post game last week where Dan Campbell was saying a lot of what Mark's saying there, and they they had their plan, they stuck to it, and look where it's got them now. Um, so it's brilliant to see. I'm happy for Jared Goff in that game too. I'm picturing Jared Goff and. Baker Mayfield now in that um that Paul Rudd meme. Just look at us. Look at us. Because like who would have thought like who I didn't even mean to say that, but who would have thought those two guys would be going head to head in the divisional round in the NFC? Two guys, it's not just Mayfield who was written off, you know, Goff a few years ago as well. Um, when he was shipped away from the Rams. These are two guys you did not expect to be leading teams at this stage of the playoffs. And still being influential um, in the league. So two fun guys to see going up against each other. Mayfield will have gotten himself a, a very nice contract, I think, this off season. He's only on um, four million or something this year, which is you know quite surreal for the level of play he's put in these last few weeks. But it, I I do really like this Buccaneers team, uh, not in terms of their chances. I think Lions will win quite comfortably again, but they're just a likable team. Got the likes of Mike Evans out wide. Um, you know, ten-year veteran still performing as good as day one. Levante David against the Eagles had a nice, uh, yeah, forced safety. You know, he's still doing his thing. And then you see some younger guys like Antoine Winfield. Um, he's had just, you know, a very good season, and he's probably one of the biggest Pro Bowl snubs. Um, at, at least from what I've seen online. You know, Buccaneers fans aren't too happy about that one. And he made his presence felt early in that Eagles game, breaking up a pass early on. Um, Todd Bowles will be delighted to have gotten this far from the worst division in football to still even be in it beyond the wildcard round is a feat in itself. Um, but they won't have enough uh, this weekend. And unless the Lions throw in one of these random games that they did around the week 10, 11, 12 mark where they they are capable of losing to a weaker team, so let's not, you know, get ahead of ourselves. I think Dan Campbell will have them ready 
they'll be fiery. They'll be the absolute opposite of the Eagles last week, who looked like the last thing they wanted to do was make a tackle. Every Lions player in that pitch is going to be trying to, you know, put their lives on the line, biting kneecaps off, um, tearing down the opposition. And that's the attitude that Dan Campbell has instilled. And I think it's going to be enough to, to get the win here, at least uh, likely for a, a much tougher matchup in San Francisco. Before we move off the game, I'd have to ask you guys your opinions because maybe this is the last time we talk about Tampa Bay. It's definitely the last time we can speak negatively of Tampa Bay because if they come out of this game, we're going to have to give them massive respect. Baker Mayfield, would you want him as your starting quarterback next year, Michael? Absolutely. Your starting quarterback. What about you, Jason? Uh, I know Bucks are up against it cap-wise. I think he could be a good bridge quarterback. Um, based on what he's shown the second half of the season not sure what his demands are going to be and maybe the market will blow it up a bit but at the right price um, they don't have a, another option it's not like they have a high draft pick to move off him so yeah I could see them bringing him back yeah equally I'd wondered about Todd Bowles out loud um, I said that whoever lost that Bucks Eagles game would surely be a fantastic place for Bill Belichick to land obviously the Bucks have all the pieces on offense and they have a good defense there but Todd Bowles doesn't inspire me I suppose if he's able to inspire this team to get across Detroit, that's that's narrative that I'm smoking on, gone. But I suppose I was, yeah, definitely like if Todd Balls doesn't get them out of Monday night's game, that maybe he would have been a bit more in the hot seat. It just kind of mm. uh, sums up the fine margins and of this yeah, league. Extremely. You know, Buc- Buccaneers scraped into the playoffs um, in the worst division in football in another another division or if Saints picked up another win or Todd Bowles has probably already been fired to end the year but they've made it through they beat a very poor Eagles team and now all of a sudden his job seems 100% secure yeah it's amazing like how 50 or 60% of the year in where Bowles looked done or in big trouble at least and the Eagles were 10-1 and and look what happened to either team it's it's insane Um, let's talk about let's talk about the game that CBS will be uh probably can't use the word publicly, something over on Sunday. They'll be very excited over this game, uh, the Bills against the Chiefs. Um, I guess first off, before I start talking about this game, I, I want a yes or no answer. Will either of these teams be in the Super Bowl, Mark? Yes or no? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, the 50-50 shot, right? <laughs> um, I've no idea. I think the matchup in the next round is going to be crazy. And it's like, that's why this game is so fascinating. And you said a one world word answer. This is not, I'll give that to Jason, but uh, we'll get through the preview first. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jason, yes or no? No. Not oh, only no. does just to, when you hear it out loud, it sounds weird. I think, yeah, um... no, I picked, I picked Ravens before the year. So I'll stick with them. But uh, Mark, by your logic there, Texans are not only beating the Ravens, but they're going to beat the winner of this game. So I know, but that's what that's what's that in my head. That's what's in my really? head because I'm like, well, I think that the I think that the Texans can beat the Ravens. And if they beat the Ravens, then I'll have seen it all because they're they'll have beaten the big um, uh, defense. They'll have beaten a powerful offense. They'll have beaten the team in the NFL this year, the number one ranked in the power rankings, the Ravens. Um, look, I know that it sounds absolutely crazy, and you can. Don't put me all you want in my DMs on Twitter. Like I am riding the crest of the wave with Houston. I've just like I've gotten massive enjoyment watching Houston this year. Like I've said, like some of my favorite games have been Houston because they've been such an inoffensive team. 
that it's nice to see them do well. And I think that I am watching, looking at this through blue tinted glasses. But when I said no to Michael, I was like, I loved the two teams coming from that Ravens Texans game. Uh, I can see the text from you boys already being like, Mark, you're an absolute fool. What are you going on about wasting our time on the podcast? But uh, I do think that the AFC is so much fun right now. So much fun. Um, I'll just give my preview and you boys can ramble on all good. Um, <laughs> this, this, this is this is going to rile people up. Like I think I got to take my hat off for different teams when I'm talking about this. But I mean, a lot of us set up on Saturday night and watched the Chiefs against the Dolphins. Hell, us three were in the stadium when they played the Dolphins in Frankfurt. And we, we know that the Chiefs at times in 2023 have struggled offensively and struggled, uh, especially at times on third down situations. Travis Kelsey is, has been more cold than hot, big time, uh, very cold in Kansas City last week. But if that was, if that was Tony dropping those balls last week, we'd be, we'd be losing the head here. Let's be clear. Or if Tony dropped those balls, he wouldn't be playing there anymore. Or maybe he wouldn't start again this season. But Michael... It doesn't have to be Tony. That's the funny thing because Rashi Rice had 12 targets the other day. Travis Kelsey had 10. I think that's telling. I think they finally found where they're going to go through the offense. Well, it's a typical, more than three. It's a typical dynasty push-through offense at this time of the year. The Chiefs are nowhere near as good as they were when they first won the Super Bowl. And they're not, not as good as they were last year offensively, certainly. And it's a typical dynasty, well, let's rely on two or three guys, and that's fine. I mean, if you're good enough on the day, that's fair enough. The reality is they're going into a different beast situation this weekend against Buffalo, who it's hard to, it's genuinely hard to believe that Patrick Mahomes has not played on a road game in the playoffs outside of the Super Bowl in his career, and he's got two rings. Like, that is actually insane. And I, for one, outside of making a pick for this game, I am really excited to see how Mahomes handles it because... Going by Buffalo, Buffalo fans, you think they won the Super Bowl on Monday night uh, whenever they beat the Steelers. And a lot of people are very down. If you're not a, if you're not a Bills fan and if you're not a Chiefs fan, um, a lot of people are very down on these teams. A lot of people saying that the Bills got a couple of big calls on Monday when the game was on the line. And there's a lot of people saying that Patrick Mahomes got a few calls on Saturday. If you don't believe me, there's a, there's a play where he changed his helmet. You're not allowed to do that. There was two or three situations in that game. So I just can't wait to see what's going to happen because one of these fan bases is going to be let down at the end of this. So either Buffalo, after all the years of hope and hype, will not even get to the championship game or Patrick Mahomes in his 450 million super deal could be sitting in this last hurrah with Travis before he rides into the sunset with his brother Jason and Taylor. Um, the reality is I, I really find it difficult to call this game personally, more so because I think I've just sort of convinced myself that Baltimore is going to beat whoever wins this game. But I guess the fan in me would like to see a close, tight game. I think Buffalo wins the game in a close one, uh, and I think the Chiefs are done. I do not want to see the general mantra, which is going around the U.S. media circuit at the minute outside of certain areas, which is Kansas City will get to the Super Bowl and they'll win the Super Bowl. That's boring. I'm sorry. They're not good enough, Mark. They're not the best team in the AFC. They're probably the third best team in the AFC at the minute, if we're going to a stretch here. They are not the best team. They've got the best quarterback, certainly, but the Baltimore Ravens are a complete team. They're, they're twice the team that this, this, Chiefs, this Chiefs team is, in my opinion. Uh, really intrigued, sorry, really, really intrigued to see how the Bills run the ball against the Chiefs. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm expecting minimum two touchdowns out of Travis Kelsey. Can't wait to see what Coach Taylor's going on. 
Yeah, no, I I think you're being unfair to the Chiefs of the last few weeks. Like they have, like I said, seemed to have found an identity with Rashi Rice now, obviously overtaking Travis Kelsey and targets. I think that is something you have to pay attention to because you know Mahomes has found his man. Obviously, he has Kelsey there. They've gone from a one prong attack to a two, and Isaiah Pacheco now over the last couple of actually meaningful games against the Bengals and against the Dolphins has gotten an average of twenty one carries so they have the running game moving a bit more obviously that's going to be complimentary because they seem to have nothing uh, offensively and then of course like we cannot write off Steve Spagnuolo's defense like whatever about the offense like Steve Spagnuolo's defense is going to cause Buffalo problems because I mean like they just held the high-flying Miami Dolphins who were owners of the number one point scoring record in the NFL this year they averaged what 34 points a game and they held them to one measly touchdown. I think that counts for something, so I have to give credit to the Kansas City defense there. But when you're talking about a close game, we know that the old mantra with Tom Brady, don't give him the second chance. I wonder, will that be playing in Buffalo Bills' minds if it's a close game? And How do they channel that loss, that 13-second rally from Kansas City back, what was it, 2020, 2021, when they were able yeah. to rally and get the game to overtime? It's like, does that linger? How does that challenge from Buffalo? I want to see them step up, and that's what makes the game so fascinating because we know that Chiefs DNA, whether it was home or away, Mahomes is 12-3 and now in the playoffs. And then 18 of the 22 starters that were in last year's Super Bowls. This game is going to define the season more than any drops or penalty decisions or anything this year. This is the one that we're going to talk about in the offseason if they win or lose. Okay. Jason, who's going to win this game, my man? Yeah, it seems like we have three nice straightforward games to call. Um, this one is very tough. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, unless you're American. Unless you're American, do you, you pick the underdog. Um, look, they're both... Pretty fair moved from the two teams we did see in that that game a couple of years ago. Um, you know those two off offenses were at their peak at that uh, in that season, and you know you were expecting a shootout in that game. I think this game is scrappier. These two teams have figured out different ways to win, if even if it isn't as pretty. Whether it's Josh Allen rushing for God knows how many touchdowns he's on now this season, but. Um, you know, he's doing everything he can in his power to get first downs and touchdowns with his legs, including that 50 yarder, which he, you know, he was outrunning some defensive backs in that one. Mahomes as well against Miami. You saw him use his feet quite a, quite a bit in pivotal situations. You know, we say uh, there has been a good bit of talk about the, the fact that he's away for the first time in the playoffs. I looked up his career record home and away uh, and it's just the most Mahomes thing ever. He's 36 and 11 record at home, 38 and 11 record away from home. So he's actually better away from home. So I don't know if that'll feed into it too much. The, I'm not sure how the weather will play a part. It's definitely going to be cold. Again, this past weekend against Miami, you see why Mahomes is the name that he is and why he is one, what he has. Tua could barely grip the ball and his throws are coming out with just no power and. He, very hard for them to complete a pass. Mahomes on the other side thrived in that that weather. It becomes a competitive advantage for him. You know, he loves when the, the offenses are up against it um, because he knows that he can do things that other quarterbacks can't do. 
I feel like he's just a different player when come come to the playoffs. Uh, Josh Allen hasn't proved it yet completely. You know, the Bills, for all they've done these last years, still haven't made a Super Bowl. That'll be weighing on his mind. Um, you know, these guys played each other just over a month ago, uh, where the Bills won 20-17. to 17. That was the start of their now six-game win streak. I think it could be fitting if Chiefs are the team to actually put an end to that streak as well and set up a, a title clash with the Ravens. I think the overall the thing I'll be looking out for in this game, um, Travis Kelsey, one of them, Michael and Mark mentioned him. He's going to bounce back. I think he'll have a big role in this game. But similarly, Dalton Kincaid and uh, Dawson Knox on the other side, uh, two uh, touchdown apiece in the last game from Josh Allen. They were very big for getting that early lead against the Steelers. Uh, so I think tight ends, something to look at um, in this one. I think Chiefs will have enough to get it done. Or scratch that. Mahomes will have enough to get it done in the end. And he's going to be going on to his seventh or whatever <laughs> championship game. That'll be tough in Buffalo. Um, right, we'll, we'll yeah, it'll be tougher on you if I'm right. And it turns out that the Kansas City Chiefs get a home playoff game again. I, I have it in my... like. To be honest with you, like I've not against the Chiefs. Like I've seen, I've literally seen the Chiefs in person. Lift the Lombardi. Like, I get it. It's fine. Like it's it's great. Like I, I just think it's boring at this point. No, well, I want something different this year. I'm sorry. Like I mean, I think a lot of people do. It's like come on. Like okay, he'll be there for the next ten years. They will let Travis Kelsey go eventually. They are going to rebuild with you for Patrick Mahomes in the next three to four years, and he'll win at least another two rings. Let's just have something else this year. Yeah, it's I think I never I never find that boring, you know, like no matter what the sport is, I'm always and I know it can vary or people have different opinions on this. I'm always intrigued by the dominant athlete. Tom Brady, I loved watching him uh win Super Bowls. Tiger Woods, I love watching him win golf tournaments. Whatever it may be. Um I think there's something special about being in an era where People are doing stuff that has never been done before and they're breaking records. Um, and yeah, we shouldn't lose sight of that fact, even if you are sick of the, the same colours winning Lombardi every year. Yeah, and I have to piggyback on that. I won't, I, I have to say, you're guaranteed a competitive Super Bowl if the Chiefs are in it. The other teams, Ravens, Texans, Bills, I haven't seen them do it and I have to see them do it because over the last few years, obviously we've seen the Ravens in that Bills game when they collapsed on offense. It was obviously down to the poor weather. We've seen Bills have their hiccups. We just know the mindset the mindset and the mental toughness from Kansas City will always deliver on the Super Bowl stage. So that's why I have to, in this game as well, even that it, though it is going to be away from home and they can potentially lose this game, that like they do have the assets there in their heads to get it across the line let's uh, do a headache are we going to do this IPP thing for the crack very quickly yeah, what, do whatever you want <laughs> we've right. gone to okay, 55 yeah. minutes here there wasn't too much waffle so uh, we can do a bit <laughs> yeah let's let, let's jump up in, in, in the next five lads uh, just very very quickly two players that we'd like to see in the IPP in the ga. I'm going to say now Morgan gets a second chance Um. yeah no and Morgan. Also... Okay, so people aren't aware of this. No Morgan from Tyrone was also supposed to be the rumors had it that he was going to be doing this IPP and um it didn't go his way. What I heard was that his kick just didn't have the distance on. I don't know, did you hear it differently, Michael? But um for people that didn't know that there was um 
that was a behind the scenes thing that never came to the surface. I'm, I'm going to say now, Morgan, and I'm going to um, give my compadres slash hated people. I'm joking, our mob people, Ethan Rafferty, who uh, he has a bad, really, really bad ankle injury. I, I, I'll give him two years and say he's very, very young. Ethan Rafferty, I'd like to see him as de- decent kicking him. Um, who have you got, Mark? Name please. <laughs> Equally, I have gone for Mark Donlan from Kildare because knowing him, he's a build a bit like Rory Began has a massive kick out and I would love to see him come back to Kildare after the two or three years away. I think he's only my age anyway, maybe a year or two older. Um, come back and potentially have that aforementioned 70-yard bomber to uh, really open up Kevin Feedy in the middle of the field. And then I took the easy way. <laughs> so, Jason, I'm sorry if you've used... I would love... Shane Walsh purely and this is again the cynic in me to see that the attention it would bring when you bring legions of GA fans even more so than Rory Began across and watching the sport what about um, I, Jason I'm not, I'm not stealing your thunder here I, a friend of the show retired this week Dean Rock would be an interesting guy I know he's got a new way in a new way in it's not, it's not a car his baby's been born recently. That, that's what it is. I'm hey, you have to worry. When you, when you saw that news come out, Mikey, you must have done a double take and think is Dean Rock looking to the IPP when he was making that decision. I'm sure we'll find out very soon if he is. Uh, let's let's just see on that. And then finally, I, I do want to, you know, you know, we have a lot of people, a lot of rugby fans, especially in the North listening in. I don't watch Ulster enough to name a guy. I really want to name someone, but I can't. So I'll get back to people. I'm not an expert. I, I did hear that the head coach, Jason, of Ulster Rugby is a big NFL fan and he wanted to be a guest at our show in the Mac Theatre, but he couldn't make it that week due to the Six Nations. I'm raging. Shout out to them. Who have you got, Jason? Don't pick court players. Oh, well, shut up, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely took this less seriously than two of you guys. Um you know, clear pathway, long kicks you've chosen there. I went with Ian Maguire, car captain in football. Um, not for kicking. I said I'd shake it up a bit. Uh, he's, oh, you know, nice. dominant athlete on the ball and he's known for his trademark runs down the pitch like a freight train um, on the ball. I think he's a big, big frame, great at winning a high ball. Uh, let's stick him in a tight end and see what happens. But yeah, uh, uh, who else he got? I just had the one player. Uh, let me think of another one now on the spot. Can we get Patrick Horgan in there somehow? Where can we put Patrick Horgan? He's a hurler. Cork, Cork, Cork players only on on, on, uh, on this one. Yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll squeeze Patrick Horgan in there. Long snapper or something. I think I think one thing for sure is um, we are going to see more gal players do this, which is really, really cool and. It's been a good chat. You can listen to all those in you can listen to all those interviews on our podcast network. And as I said previously, Charlie Smith is coming to the dock. Dara Leader is coming to Galway with Ty uh, next Friday. And Roy Bagan is coming to the capital, the old capital of Ulster, the Hill of the O'Neill in Dungallon. Okay, right. Headache of the week. I'm getting a headache sitting here so long. I have enjoyed it, but I'm tired, boys. Uh Khalid Shakir for me he had a great touchdown against the Steelers. I I think he gets two against Kansas City and sends the Chiefs packing. Mr. Hogan, who have you got this week? I went for Aiden Hutchinson. Um, he had a massive game, best statistical game of his year 
against Tampa Bay the other day and he clearly was he had a cold in that game so let's see him this week I suppose um, Baker Mayfield six in sacks this year he had 40 compare that to uh, Matthew Stafford who only had 30 all year like I said Aiden Hutchinson was able to get to him twice uh, on the weekend so I just think that he's going to I think he has a game again so if you're looking for a bet or whatever on 888 Sport Maybe Aiden Hutchinson for a sack or two would be your friend. Shout out to Jim Scal's cow uh, as well as we're one hour into this. Jason, round us off. Who, who's your headache? Um, less of a headache, more of a just a sneaky hunch I have. Um, we saw Devante Smith have a big game against the Bucks last week. Um, speedy wide receiver out of Alabama. Caused him all sorts of headaches. I think we see Jameson Williams make a make a big play for Detroit uh, against the Bucks. Maybe a deep touchdown at some point. He hasn't had too much to. Uh, he hasn't. We haven't seen him too much this year so far. Um, I don't know what it is. I can just see him having a deep touchdown this game. So let's go with Jameson Williams. Love it, love it. Uh, we've done it. We've done it. Uh, we've one more preview show to come next week, and that's us for the season. Uh, we'll have some content coming the week after in between the championship game and uh, getting over to Vegas. Obviously, the hope is to get some of that live content from the tours with some of the guests. You can check out all the information on these live events, linktr.ee slash NFLR, and it all kicks off this day week in the SCAF in Galway with uh, Tag Leader, Dar Leader, and James Scal, myself, and a man called Jeff Reinbold. I will be on the pints. I heard Trev from Irish Bills Mafia is paying for the first round and Mark is due the bigger 3 o'clock train from Dublin to Galway. Uh, I will not be on the 3 o'clock train. I'm working at 3 o'clock that day so I'd have to be there by 3 o'clock. So you can work remotely. You can get the old Wi-Fi on the old train but some of us haven't got trains, Mark, so you shouldn't try and enjoy that. Michael, Uh, I work in sound for a living. There is no way in hell I'd be able to pre-record a report from a train. (laughs) The noise and you beside me. Uh, voice notes on your iPhone remove background noise put it through Adobe AI you, you heard it here first my man Pro Football Ireland is available on all podcast formats NFL Ireland on every platform Instagram and TikTok if you haven't found our TikTok you're missing the crack you're not old you're just missing the crack for now enjoy the visual weekend it's all the fun.